Welcome to 7-Minute Torah, an exploration of the weekly Torah portion with me, Rabbi Micah Streifer. If you enjoy this podcast, please feel free to subscribe or comment or share it with a friend. Shana Tova, everyone. Happy New Year. This is no ordinary Shabbat. This particular Shabbat coincides with Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year. Over the next 48 hours, Jews will be gathering around our dinner tables and to some extent in our synagogues, although that portion of it will certainly be curtailed by the pandemic, to pray and sing and eat special foods and wish each other well at the beginning of a new year. Now, there are lots of themes of these upcoming holidays, and truly we could do a podcast on any one of them, repentance, renewal. But since our focus on 7-Minute Torah is on the weekly Torah portion, it makes sense on this week as well to look at the Torah portions that are read during Rosh Hashanah and talk about what they mean and why we read them. There are three possible Torah portions that you might hear read during Rosh Hashanah. One reason for that is that there are two days of the holiday and each day has its own portion. The other reason is that different portions are actually read in some reform synagogues than in conservative and orthodox congregations. The traditional readings for the first and second day of Rosh Hashanah constitute a series of stories about Abraham and his family. Abraham, of course, is considered the first Jew, the father of the Jewish people. He's the one who, early on in the Torah, is called by God to leave his homeland, his birthplace in Mesopotamia, and to set out toward a new land, that is to say the land of Israel, to create a new life and a new people. We'll talk more about that in a few weeks when we get to that part of the Torah. But at any rate, the parshiot for Rosh Hashanah are concerned most of all with Abraham's family. It begins with the words, Vadonai pakad et Sarah. God remembered or took note of Sarah. It then goes on to tell about how Sarah bore a child whom we call Isaac or Yitzchak. Abraham circumcised him, making Isaac the first Jewish child to be brought into the covenant at the age of eight days, as is traditional to this day. And now all's well and good, except that Abraham has an older son whose name is Ishmael. He's the child of Hagar, Sarah's maidservant, who she essentially gave to Abraham to have a child with when it seemed clear that Sarah herself couldn't have a child. So the portion goes on to describe how Abraham and Sarah send Hagar and Ishmael out, away from the camp, into the desert. God assures Abraham not to be distressed over his older son Ishmael because he will also become a great nation, like his new younger brother Isaac. Nonetheless, it's a troubling story about dysfunction within a family, and in fact within the patriarchal family of the Jewish people. And as if that wasn't enough dysfunction, the portion for the second day tells the terrifying story of Abraham being asked by God to offer his son Isaac as a burnt offering, as a human sacrifice before God. Abraham prepares to do so. He and Isaac make their way across the hills to a place that's been designated for the sacrifice. And just as Abraham lifts his hand to sacrifice his son, an angel calls out from heaven and says, Stop! I don't really want you to do that. Abraham and Isaac then replace Isaac with a ram, which is sacrificed in his stead. And that's the end of the story. 
So what we have for this week's Torah portion is actually a very challenging series of stories about our family, our people, and its origins. And the commentators have struggled over the course of many centuries to understand and unpack these stories. What do they mean? Why do we read them at this time? For example, they point out that the ram that Abraham and Isaac sacrificed at the very end is reminiscent of the shofar, the ram's horn that calls us to repentance on these holidays. They also point out that this portion begins with the words, Adonai pakad et Sarah, God took note of or remembered Sarah. And that one of the major themes of the High Holy Days is that during this time of year, God takes note of or remembers each one of us, our actions, the type of life that we're living. It's a reminder that each one of us matters. And there's one more theme that I noticed as I was reading through the portion, and that's the theme of family and continuity. All of these stories are concerned with the passing on of traditions from one generation to the next. In fact, in many ways, the Abraham stories themselves are focused from the very beginning on continuity. How is it that we go about keeping traditions alive, passing them on to the next generation, building upon them from generation to generation? Holiday times like these tend to be family times, and they tend to be tradition times. This is a time of year when we are most focused on the people that we love and on sharing our traditions with them. Now, I recognize that I'm almost entirely sidestepping some of the much more challenging questions of the Parsha, such as, why was Abraham required to cast out one of his sons and almost sacrifice the other one? There are books upon books upon books that ask these hard questions. And as I mentioned before, we could do a whole series of podcasts on each of them. But I think it's worth noting that families are imperfect. Families are messy. We hurt each other in our families. We say and do things we don't mean. We get in fights. And yet, in the end, we're still family. This particular year, we will be missing each other as we sit around our socially distanced tables, not able to be with all the people that we want to be with. May this portion be a reminder of what really matters. Now, I promised you three Torah portions, and so with my last 45 seconds, I'll describe the last one. In some Reformed congregations on the second day of the holiday, what is read is the very beginning of the Torah. Bereshit bara Elohim et hashamayim ve'et ha'aretz. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Why do we read that on Rosh Hashanah? Because Rosh Hashanah is traditionally considered to be the day on which God created the world. This is the birthday of the world, they say, Harat Olam, which adds a whole other theme into our high holiday celebration. While we're focused on family and tradition and sin and repentance, the other thing to be thinking about is appreciation for this beautiful world that we've been given. And even if we don't believe literally in the opening words of the creation story that God made the world in seven days, I think we can all agree that this world we're living in is awesome and splendid and beautiful. So on this Rosh Hashanah, may we just take a little time to look around us and to be thankful for the beautiful world, the wonderful things, and the wonderful people in our lives. And may it be a Shana Tova Umetuka. May it be a good and sweet new year. Thanks for listening to 7-Minute Torah. If you enjoyed this program, please leave a review or a comment. And please pass it on to a friend. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Have a great week.